life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Pikes Peak Race was this weekend. It was, yeah. We were close when we shot, uh, what, what is it, episode four? Uh, yeah. It's going to be four episode for four, Velocity. Season three was... So we're in Colorado mm-hmm. shooting, and we had this crazy idea about, why don't we swing by Pikes Peak and actually it drive was, the road? It was but two we and a half hours away, yeah. one way from where we were. So we never ended up not. getting down there. So the race, I was thinking about that. I yeah, thought, for oh, sure. we were there before the race, and now it's happened, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. a crazy race. And uh, the big news that came out of it was something that, was kind of a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. with the way Volkswagen has attacked mm-hmm. this course. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you haven't heard, they have set the Pikes Peak record of seven minutes, 57 seconds, and 148 thousandths. That's just So let's just say under eight fast. minutes. They've shattered the record by two minutes or something like that. That was already it's unbelievably fast. So fast. Well, I mean, only a few years ago, the big thing was can anybody run under 10? Right. And then that, that was just got a few broken. years ago. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, he got like a second under 10 minutes, and yeah. now we're here under eight. It was insane. So they, they've got this car that they call the IDR electric race car. It's broken the record for all electric cars, and it's broken the record for all classes with this time. It is the fastest thing ever to go up the mountain. I'm astounded at this car. It has 670 horsepower from a pair of electric motors, all-wheel drive, but the record-setting car from 2013, driven by Sebastian Loeb, had 875 horsepower. So clearly it's not about the amount of power. It's how sure. it puts it down. Sure, yeah. Even yeah. though that car was all-wheel drive, too. It was this Peugeot 208 all-wheel drive. But we're talking electric, constant, instant torque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my big comment, my big takeaway with this is they have set out, and they made it publicly known. This car came out a while back saying publicly, we are going to break mm-hmm. the record. And mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah, yeah. achievement. When you it's company that big throwing money like that at a problem, they're going to get it solved. But my question for you is, has this been a blessing in disguise, this Dieselgate thing that's been going mm. on for the mm. past few years? Because if it hadn't happened, I maintain Volkswagen wouldn't have put their attention on the Pikes Peak race, creating this race car to make buzz and make marketing announcements. Does Have they inadvertently kind of stumbled into success by virtue of this crazy I think it's, thing? I think it's still the apology tour. Does IDR stand for, uh, <laughs> hang on, hang on, I want to work on it. Uh, we'll get back to you in a minute. <laughs> yes, they have. It still is, but it's definitely shifted the focus because now their marketing people can mm-hmm. point at this and say, well, we're all into electrics. You know, we've got racing history now. We're, we're into electric. Diesel, what? What's Immediate that Immediate diesel restitution. There That's what IDR stands right. for. There it is. It was coming. There it is. My, the, the gears were turning, and now I'm there. Oh, my god. Of course, gosh. yeah, all, they probably didn't have any gears in that car. But anyway, so no. it is interesting to see them them dedicate themselves so much into electric. I mean, they're the ones building, let's be honest, the counter infra- infrastructure to the Tesla uh, superchargers is mostly backed by Volkswagen. It's Volkswagen and BMW putting in these superchargers that are going to be apparently even more powerful than the uh, – uh, than the ones for Tesla. That's part of them doing it. It's like Electrify America, but if you dig down, it's Volkswagen. 
you know. So, yeah. it, and then of course they have that great warranty right now. So it's Which all it's all the, the apology, apology tour. tour. I mean, it really yeah. is. It really we need to make those shirts. The Volkswagen <laughs> apology tour it looks like an old band tour, tour shirt. I love that. I love that. That we really should with do a that. list of cities coming to a city near you. Yes, the, the concert dates are this, and come to your local dealer. To... Or a list of all the things they're now involved in that they weren't involved in three years ago, and make that like the the, the, the city list. Yes, and that is the thing. Three years ago, mm-hmm. they weren't known for electrics. And Not at all. They yeah. have transformed themselves. Transmogrified. The there you Calvin go. And Hobbs Nicely done. Remember? Nicely done. Yes, I do. They have transmogrified themselves into being the electric car company. The public has not been associated with that. Their true. public perception. No, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And they've just done it. Well, and they put all their effort into this. Let's now compare got a race car. Let's and, compare it to GM real quick. I mean, you know, GM. They're the electric car company, and they never were known for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, GM. Love them or hate them, you know, they have the Chevy Bolt now, mm-hmm. but they did the EV1 in the 90s. True. So for GM to pop up and be like, we made another electric car, it's like, oh, I see the lineage. Volkswagen's like, oh, all we do is electric. Wait, 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 wait. Two years ago, <laughs> yeah. you hadn't heard the word electric. Couldn't pronounce it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I find this very fascinating. Of course, it was very tailored for the hill climb oh, with oh, it was a lot of built, downforce. Purpose built by Volkswagen who threw money at it. It wasn't course. just a race car. And well, Sebastian Loeb's rally car is a race car for other mm-hmm. courses. It's a rally car. It's a WRC car. This was designed for that course and that course only. Mm-hmm. Downforce, mm-hmm. the the low air density, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, were yeah. focused on this, but now they've got. I mean, what a great way to get instant street cred, electric yeah, cred, yeah. race car winning cred, without having to go through a full season series and mm-hmm. prove yourselves with Le Mans or Formula One or Formula E. They've just done it with one race, and suddenly they've got credibility. I saw on Instagram. I think it was on Instagram, Instagram or Twitter. I'm pretty sure it was JF Musial that that made the comment where he wondered if. Pike's Peak after this Volkswagen thing is going to become to, for, for electric cars what the Nurburgring is for everybody else. Interesting. Which, which is an interesting thing to muse about. Probably I think not that's a fascinating, fascinating reality for sure. Holy moly, we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. We are back to a topic Tuesday, which is yes, going to be are. very interesting. Welcome I haven't to talked Tuesday. to you all about yeah. this. Yeah, you're right. I kind of picked it out of thin air because I thought it was relevant and no, interesting. It's, it is interesting. Generate yeah. some good discussion. So we've got that as a topic Tuesday, which is cars you need to experience at different ages in your life. Yeah, and it came from one of your questions a while back. We are making notes of those questions that we just realized we can't cover instantly. We'll get up to a bunch of your questions on the back end that are the shoot from the hip questions. But this is one of those we pondered for a while, and I feel like I still haven't pondered enough, but I feel like I've got answers I'm okay with. Okay. But it's one of those conversations where I feel like you could sit at a bar for a couple hours and be like, oh, and this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be one of those discussions. Sure, so we have sure. that. We also have uh, Andrew writing in. Uh, he is actually looking for an exotic car for a graffiti artist. Yes. Very cool. He runs a company called Color Cartel, he and his girlfriend, and they uh, they do really cool art on buildings. And so we're going to talk about a car for him. And then many, 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 many audience questions are coming too. Yeah. Speaking of color and audience questions, there's one from Allison M that I've just got okay. to address. Yeah, yeah. We have this thing going. Yeah. Allison, this whole color invention, it's, it's sort of like we kind of invent our own color names. And I came up with Metallic Celery. Mm-hmm. For uh, it was, I think it was fish scale metallic celery for mm-hmm. that Prius yes. color that everybody sees, you know. And she says, I cannot get that out of my mind. And so a while back, Chance actually sent over a photo of a Porsche 911 in their new pale yellow color and mm-hmm. said, All right, guys. And this was just between he, his wife, and Todd and I. Just go, name this color. And I am, and I am. I'm okay at this game. Paul is phenomenal at this game. <laughs> I I was pretty proud of the color. So you've got to look this up. It's that, like I said, kind of a pale, I don't know, meringue yellow. So 
Todd came up with dried glue champagne metallic. I was trying. I was to trying. Like. Chance came up with matte clam juice, which is good. Which is not bad. I have However, to say. Yes. I did have two ideas, and one was either metallic Miss Universe spray tan oil gold. <laughs> <laughs> Or I, I actually don't remember that one. I, I must not have seen that one. That was great. <laughs> Wait for it. Or pearlescent colostomy bag yellow. I thought either could that work was on the that winner. car. That was the winner. <laughs> I mean, you know, who pearlescent colostomy bag? That's hard to even say and spell. I mean, when well you're choosing done. your color from the sales guy, and yeah. you're, you're saying, hey, you know, what colors do you have available? People get paid to sit around and think up color names, and here I am giving everybody gold. I'm giving these car companies gold. Well, but- what on earth? It brings me back to the one thing that I still don't understand why it existed in the world, and that is, okay, so the Fiat 500. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I has, saw one today, Has by the, the way. Fiat 500X, which is the quasi-SUV version, which is really in the running for ugliest car currently being sold. But you can get it in Caucasian flesh color. Yeah. There's not another way to describe it. It's just because it's not quite pink. It's not clay. It's not putty. It's exactly. not oatmeal. It's not, but it's, but it's not pink either. I mean, look, no, I it's not pink. pink cars are yeah. awful, but pink cars at least is a color you chose. This looks like somebody actually sampled Caucasian flesh color and painted it on the world's worst looking car, <laughs> and it looks like some sort of growth driving down the road. <laughs> I saw one. It's and horrible. Like, <laughs> What is that? Oh, and they, yeah, And right. they've actually not only made the 500X, but they made it available in that color, and I have seen them on the road. It's not even the perfect rental car either because no. you get that color, and you think, could I take that brown Jetta instead? Seriously, can I, can I get this dirty? Can I drive it through the mud right now <laughs> exactly. because this is horrible? Exactly. How anyway. about wraps for car renter, renters? Car, yes. it's got, it, pull, it pulls off of a sheet like saran wrap, and you just drive through it real fast and keep <laughs> exactly. going. Done. Problem Just solved. High yeah. speed, drive right through. Drive through wraps. I think that's a compliment to Turo. So if you don't like your Turo car, you can just drive to the parking lot next Not door, bad. get it wrapped. That's a Not separate bad. business. Of course it is. And it'll have its own app. Uh, yes. And it'll, yeah, it'll Choose be, it'll in be advance, perfect. and they'll stretch the shiny metallic stuff, yep. whatever color you want it named, and then you just turn the corner and drive your car through that exit. It's <laughs> We're in the weeds now, but I'm loving it. This is, wow, this is great. Wow, the exit gate could like unfold the wrap as it the, goes the bar up. that goes up is putting out the wrap color that's yeah. terrible you just dry right under it wraps your car thanks for joining us on today's completely random version of the car debate uh, let's actually do a car debate in a minute but right now we've got this crazy question which is cars that that enthusiasts should experience at various ages I thought this was interesting it, and it's hard to jumping essentially through the decades 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s what cars should you drive in that age group or maybe to put it another way maybe by then there's a few caveats to start this is ongoing we reserve the (laughs) right to change our minds rest of our lives (laughs) but i want to talk about a few things first of all is this depends on many things so this Mm -hmm. is not set in stone in any way oh no it's it's we're just riffing on this income completely career choices yeah types of job whether you're a realtor Mm, or a software executive or who knows what it just kind of depends on that and then also the mood boards that you love to tease me about. Mood boards, wow. That car companies come up with. Uh-huh. Those are ever-changing, but still some brands are kind of stuck at – I'll use Cadillac as an example. For mm-hmm. a while, they were way out there. I mean, I think my grandfather was too young for Cadillacs <laughs> at some point. Yeah. But then they've pulled it back. I think their average age is 45 to 49, somewhere in there. Yeah. So. 
just by virtue of the kinds of products that they offer, more mm-hmm. performance-oriented, sure. that kind of thing. Sure. So it will change, and I haven't yet come up with specific examples. I think I might as we go here, but I'm kind of curious. Where did you start? Did you break these up into decades of I, age? I did the decades, 20s, okay. 30s, 40s, 50s, right. and 60s, and I listed cars that I feel like – and here's my caveats. I agree with you. Your, your life experience and your budget is going to vary wildly in this discussion. Mm-hmm. But I was just trying to think about, okay, in these various decades, and you'll start to see the, the logic in the 20s here real quick. In this decade, what are cars you could probably either A, actually afford, or B, you or one of your friends may have one and you could get into it? I was trying to think about stages of life and stages of car experience. Yeah, good. good. So that as you're at a certain age, you can understand certain cars at certain price levels, certain power abilities, and now you keep stepping up. Mm-hmm. Okay? My intention here also is the fact that Hopefully, you keep driving new stuff. That's one of the things that I felt like well, yeah, I, yeah. I missed out on a little bit until we started the show, is I had driven so few things until we started the show, and then it suddenly was a fire hose of driving all kinds of things. <laughs> right. But uh, so, right. so my biggest thing to say, if you're in your 20s, and I know this sounds like a cop-out, but I want to go specific in a second, but in your 20s, drive whatever you can find. That buddy has that thing. That buddy has that thing. Get in all of it. Not a cop-out at all. I Trade keys with friends. I did not do this enough. Get into somebody, just get into a buddy's car. You're going out that night. Be the designated driver in their car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just to experience just driving different people's cars in different conditions just because you're going to learn so much about the dynamics. And I didn't realize your Civic drove like that. I don't care what your friend drives. Just drive it anyway. <laughs> it's terrible. You know I don't like to drive your car. Well, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is. My, my gosh, I do hate a CVT. Uh, I've never been in one until right now. And your keys back what, to you. Whatever it is, you know, and, and trade keys. I think that's great. Yeah. But thinking about cars we love and thinking about kind of moments in time cars that we like that I think would be good for people in their 20s to experience. Mm -hmm. My big place to land here is pre-2000s Japanese cars. They were by and large rear-wheel drive and light. Yeah. There's so much to take away from that. I thought specifically about drive a 240Z, drive a 300ZX, drive an NA Miata, the first-gen Miata. Interesting. These are all '90s Japanese cars, and they and we've left that feeling behind because of more tech, because of cars getting bigger. Yeah. But yeah. there's a there's a and, and it's also I feel like it's the moment when Japanese cars really peaked in this country, and everybody that wasn't a Japanese automaker went, "Look what they're doing." Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, pri- prior yeah. to that, it was like they were in the, they were they were playing, they're, they're starting to become periphery. a thing, and we're sure. yeah, okay, they're starting to sell a lot, and we like that. But in the '90s, they were throwing down so much good stuff, and it was such a high level across awesome. all the manufacturers. Yeah. I feel like everybody else kind of turned and looked and went, "We really ought to fix this. We really ought to do something to compete." So '90s Japanese cars, uh, current cars, drive a Fiesta ST. Good, good. Drive a GTI. Yep. Those yep. are both excellent and very different front-wheel drive cars, and you could possibly buy one, afford one, or maybe one of your friends has one. Buy, drive both of those. And then, yes, you have to drive the current Mazda MX-5 and the 86 in some platform, some hmm. chassis. It could be the BRZ, FRS, don't care. These are cars that will educate you as an enthusiast. And, I mean, I'd love it if you got into, for example, a, a Honda Prelude from the 90s and, then a, and then a Fiesta ST. And then a 240 from the 90s, and then an 86. Oh, I mean, good. you start to see yeah. how kind these things have changed. Things. Yeah. But uh, that's that's my short list for 20s. But the big the big headline is: What do your friends have? Drive everything. 
No, I'm with you. I mean, you know, just think when we were in our 20s, ride sharing didn't exist, crazy this enough. Neither did Turo. Neither did Turo. And funny enough, I, I think Turo has the same age restriction, 25 years old, I think, mm -hmm. that uh, most of the rental car companies had. But, you know, we couldn't just so, go yeah. rent cars just to experience them yeah. because you're, you're kind of limited as drivers. So I agree. If there's an opportunity, grab the keys. I started with new drivers and teens. Oh, wow. Okay. And then so kind of segued yeah. my way a little bit to 20s. I broke it up sure, by sure. decade as well. And I'm with you. Small, lightweight, agile, manual transmission to have mm -hmm. that skill. Ideally, yeah. And you could make the argument, I'm never going to need that in my life. Okay, you could say all you need to know in life is how to operate your phone, your smartphone. <laughs> We're getting you there. You can kind of pinball your way through life. My phone works. <laughs> I, I'm living. But, you know, education and that degree might help later <laughs> in life. Possibly. Maybe. Uh, I'm just saying. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking about your parents' cars and actually my parents' sure, cars yeah. that I drove. That's an experience in and of itself. The, Completely. Actually, my parents inherited a car from my grandfather, so my dad's dad handed down a a Buick Electra, which had a diesel V8, 5.7 liter diesel V8. Wow, that sounds lovely. The sound did not match the car at all, but I was infatuated with this car, hmm, and that okay. was one of the ones that I ended up driving for a while. Sure, sure, sure. And so you have that experience about driving a bigger, mm -hmm, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. more luxurious kind of thing because they're your parents' cars. And yeah. I see people around driving the Mercedes GLK 350, the mm -hmm. little... Uh, CUV before yeah. they change the body style. And yeah, yeah. think that's your mom's car. You're driving yeah. that. There's no way you chose that car. Well, you see a teenager driving a minivan. They're driving their parents' of car. Of course. You know, yeah, that, that's, that happens like crazy. And, and it's reality. And it's great because it gets you that life experience of driving. But that's the thing that we've come back to with CUV. Like, we've got the recurring rant here with CUVs and other things. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get you into little stuff to counteract that. But you're right. You're going to be in that stuff anyway. Yes. For sure you are. And Absolutely. That, that definitely correlates to what we were saying because you know the the price tag of the say pre 2000s japanese cars mm -hmm. also correlates to what you can afford absolutely it does. but on the other hand they're great cars from learning completely driving skill mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. small lightweight agile back to that so moving towards your 20s i'm with you experimenting and experiences are yeah. on my mind and so Go ahead and pour your money into something that you might lose money on, but you're learning to maybe work on it a little bit yourself. Mm, I see where you're going. Yeah. Whether it's nice or a not nice car, I'm not saying you have to have your dream car at 23 years old. Well, you probably won't, and that's fine. Right. <laughs> but this is, I look at this decade as the tasting cars and, and learning to drive. And I'm not sure. I'm not saying, you've heard me say this before. Not learning to steer. Driver's ed is you're learning to steer the yeah. car and stop yeah. when the light says red mm -hmm. and the stop signs and look over your shoulder and change lanes and back the car up and operate yeah. the car. Yeah. You're yeah. steering your way through the world. You're not yeah. driving. No, I think it's a great, great assessment you're, for sure. You're very much active yeah. Yeah. to the point where you've got a car ahead of you in the, in the next lane over. And you see their front wheels twitch a little bit before you even see their turn signal. And you know they're coming they into come. your lane. Yep. Things you're just in tune with the driving, the yeah. general world of yeah. driving. This is what your 20s is about. So, track days, making, you know, getting closer to power, powerful cars. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a turbocharged, an Evo of some sort, you know, a Subaru, yeah. somewhere in there. And you're spend what is it, 40 bucks an autocross? Autocross. you've got. Exactly. And so that correlates to how much money you do or don't have. And then, you know, 
Maybe a midlife crisis car can be inserted here. Maybe what you would consider that. <laughs> Heck, I had a 928 when I was 27. Sure. That's sure, a sure. midlife crisis car if there ever was yeah, one. Yeah, fair. But okay. On the other hand, I learned so much, and yeah, it was kind yeah. of my baby. And and it was a stretch. You were barely able to afford it. Yeah. It was the first time you kind of thrown down a car. And it was $19,000. Yeah. And I yeah, just yeah. stretched like yeah, crazy to get For into sure. that. But For sure. I look at from my car... Uh, career, I guess it was worth it, you know, with yeah. memories and yeah, yeah. learning to work on it and learning about what dealers think of your car. I got know. my 300 ZX in my late, late twenties. That's right. Right around 20, late twenties, really early thirties. I think it was like 28, 29 is when I got that car. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cause I, I know I had it on my 30th birthday. So it was like 28, 29. I got that car. And I that think is that, a good, interesting that range car to... opened up the world of, of driving. And we started talking oh, about for tires sure. when, for sure. when you bought that car. Yeah, yeah. And, it just opened up so much. You and much I were both discussion. very influenced by those cars because yeah. our our car ownership experience prior, our interest, of course, had been <laughs> huge prior. But mm-hmm. our car ownership experience, which is a different level, that was the first time we'd both owned a car that we were enamored by, had stretched to buy, and were just – it opened up our whole ability of I, – I didn't know driving could be like this. Right. You know, which right. is really interesting. And, and then shapes the show. Absolutely, yeah. but allow yourself in that decade for sure, to. For sure. You know what? I'm gonna probably waste some money on that intake, and it's 250 <laughs> bucks for that intake. And wow, that made my exhaust worse. <laughs> I've had that experience. Yeah, you know that's the learning uh-huh. and the experiencing, sure, sure. And experimenting with who you. What do I like about cars? What, yeah, yeah, what yeah. attracts that's me? That's good. That's really good. You know, and allow that. You know, before we move on to our 30s, that might involve families and kids and. No minivans. I'm going to maintain the no well, minivans. But, I, but I'm specifically staying in cars that enthusiasts should experience. Fair enough. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, there will yeah. be other cars in your life, and there will be cars that are necessity cars, and I get that. I didn't even cover that. I was trying yeah, to think yeah, about yeah. what are aspirational cars or cars that are kind of stair-step up and experience. In the 30s, I think the STI and the Focus RS mm, good. both need to be driven, possibly owned. Good. Because, I mean, they're cars you could own, and life can happen around you. Kids, dogs, haul stuff. Sure. You can have those cars. Sure. But yet they're full-on enthusiast cars. So STI, Focus RS, uh, that's a great time to try and possibly own a Porsche Cayman. Oh. You've got a little bit of money. You've got a decent job. Life is happening. But a Cayman, it looks and seems very exotic, but a used Cayman you can get into for 25 30 grand. Yeah, true. And, and surprise yourself. True. Okay. So Porsche Cayman is worthwhile. In this area, a classic muscle car. The more powerful, the better. I'm talking a 60s, 70s American iron. Get in Interesting. Because if you've, if you've done the Japanese thing prior, now you get in that and you see a totally different thing. Although, based on what you and I have seen, some, you know, various owners, muscle cars or just classic Mustangs could fit into your 20s. They could, As absolutely. the wrenching absolutely. and... Sure. Sure. You know, I Some inherited people, the car. Well, from, my dad bought me one of these and we're building it out. I, I, I know right, that happens, but I'm right. just saying if you've gotten to your 30s and you haven't driven a classic muscle car, find one. Find one that's genuinely powerful. Yeah. yeah. And experience that because it it's a time warp. So <laughs> drive some classic muscle car. And then also in your 30s, I'm going to put the Tesla Model 3 right here. Are you? Drive it. Maybe own it, but at least find somebody that has one and drive it because it will influence what you've driven so far mm-hmm. and yeah. it starts to be a car that if you're in your thirties and you have a model three, if you're in your twenties, have a model three, I'm not sure why you have that car. Otherwise you just want an electric car. You're in your thirties. You got a family. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Sure. These kind of things are sure. happening. You, maybe, maybe you have an executive feel to your life. Maybe not. I don't know. But I just, I feel like somebody in their thirties driving a model three, 
It's not my first choice for you. It's not really an enthusiast car, but I can see how you're broadening your horizons there. That's mm-hmm. why I put it there. I'm with you. I'm looking at, uh, you know, either appliances by necessity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the Hondas and Toyotas of the world, whatever. But this could also be, as you said, a place for a special car. And definitely in this decade, add power. I'm all about it. Experience power. Because you have driving years under your belt to understand, you know what? That's probably, I I shouldn't blast through the neighborhood with a 25 mile an hour speed limit. I probably shouldn't do that. I've got the maturity to choose that, even though it's still difficult for me to not (laughs) resist that. How old old am I? Because I'm not doing well in this story. But you know what I mean. You know, you You'll do it where appropriate kind yes. of thing. So you're, you're, a little, you're a little more aware of, of where things should be done. I, I would I, say slightly, so. Slightly. I would say so. I mean, but... I'm still 12, but I take your point. Yes. <laughs> 45 mile an hour speed limit. My car can do 90 in three seconds. Let's try it through the neighborhood. <laughs> Maybe a kid will kick the ball into the street. <laughs> That's going to go well. Yeah. No, I mean, here is, like I said, appliances. And sometimes it's just... Also, this decade is the car that you've kind of been jonesing for for a while. I see that. I see you've that, got yeah. permission to go get yeah, that. Yeah, I totally see that. Some people, that's an SUV. You know, you've always wanted the Lexus GX sure, or the yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that is. And they're affordable. And you know what? Allow yourself. Mm, that's interesting. I that's a good like. way to look at it. I like because that. Because I, like I, I think things change. Obviously, we can't speak for, you know, 50s and 60s and 70s and all that kind of stuff. But true. For true. 40s, I, I say that kind of continues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have a little bit more money to start putting towards a more special car. Mm-hmm. And I think both of you and I have experienced that in our forties. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Elise and pretty hot Cayman, I yes. will admit. Uh, yes, for sure. For I did sure. get it out this morning for some errands because errands needed my, to happen. My wife took uh, it for her errands this morning. She was Fantastic. like, can I Lotus? I said, of course you can. So yeah, she That's ran awesome. off the Lotus, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then again here, you know, in the career choice, field kind of depending on who you are what you need if it's more commuting this can definitely affect your car ownership Mm -hmm. but now by your 40s you can start to look back to your 20s and think hey those inexpensive cars that i enjoyed maybe that's the second fun car oh sure now i can consider an eighty nine hundred dollar s2000 yeah nostalgic cars i see that you know what i mean now's that kind of in your 30s i don't know that you would do that too much like i said there's exceptions to every rule yeah but Nothing's hard and fast here. This is a total like bar talk conversation, but I get very it. Yeah. Much yeah, is, yeah. Very much is. Very much is. So I, I think by you know your late 30s, early 40s, you think, that car I always wanted in high school, I could actually sure. get sure, that sure. now. Sure, sure. I'm just going to go get one for the heck of it. You know, Why not? Keep yeah, the yeah. cord and whatever, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be too much outlay, and I, I could that. add it, and I've got the space, and you know, I'm at a place in life where I could actually take that on and... You know, insurance drops, of course. That's a big consideration. Yeah, we talk sure. about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Is insurance going down so you can actually afford, yeah. you know, something that, yeah, maybe it was, was out of your reach. Mm-hmm. In the 40s, I, I said this is where the 911 goes. Is it? Had a Cayman like in your 30s, got a 911 in your 40s. You know, you, you, not can a haul bad the, idea. you can haul the kids around if need be. You yeah. can do the school run. You've got a 911. Kind of feels like that goes there, you know. Okay. But I also thought this this is the age group where you probably have got some decent money. And this is where the, the midlife crisis joke happens is 40s, 50s. But, right. But, right. but if you're an enthusiast, hopefully you've owned a range of interesting cars. So it's not, it's not a, wow, that's a switch. It's just a, oh, he has that now. You know, mm-hmm. not that, I mean. Look, I buy whatever. I don't care. But this this does exist. I know it exists. So the 911 goes here. I put the BMW M3 here, but I put it here for two reasons. Hmm. If you're in your 40s and you haven't driven a BMW M3, you need to find anybody on the planet 
with an E30, first-gen M3, Ooh. and drive that one, Ooh. you might be able to afford it. You might be able to throw it out and get one, which would be very cool. It's back to kind of the nostalgia stuff you were talking about. Yeah. But you need to drive the original M3 and then whatever, trying to make this podcast not completely moment in time, whatever the current M3 is. Sure, sure. So you have a, a perspective of these bookends, you know? So you're back to the 80s for the original and then drive the current M3 because this is the car that's trying to be the do-it-all. Interesting. But a fantastic enthusiast car. So the M3 goes here. Lotus Evora, just because nobody thinks of it. Mm, and it's in yeah, that good. less than 100 good. grand, you know, 60, 70 grand for a used one. You know, if you're shopping used 911s, you couldn't afford a used uh, Evora. And it's just, it's, it's an alternative choice. I don't say it just because I'm the Lotus guy. It's an alternative choice. It's a, oh, that's right, that car kind of choice. So if you haven't driven one, drive one. And then also GTR. I was I was waffling on the GTR. I was mm-hmm. putting it at late forties, early fifties. Even though I know there's people in their twenties who sure, want and aspire to that car, but again, it's about the cost of ownership of that car. Agreed. It's not the purchase Agreed. price. No, that totally. That, it's a the lot fuel of, and the maintenance and the tires that it eats. A lot of the ways I group these is because I'm I'm extrapolating. Let's be honest, guessing approximate income at different levels of your life, and you could have a GTR in your forties. That's something you could just throw down could. and get in most cases. And that is a world beater, and it's a, it's a, that's a car for an adult. I know kids have owned them. That's a car for an adult. It is. I agree. And I, I'm kind of thinking, all right, come 50s, do you, I mean, you might own multiple cars and toys and boats, and you've got a truck to pull stuff with. And <laughs> I, I look at that as kind of going back to small. Because mm. let's say in, you know, in 60s and 70s, my dad just, he had never owned an SUV. And oh, it wasn't until he was yeah. 64. Five or sixty-seven, something like that. Wow! That he got uh, his first Ford Expedition. No, it was he was sixty-four, sixty-three, okay. somewhere okay. in there. Yeah, yeah. Early sixties. Yeah, he's yeah. got a, a big giant SUV that he just got turned on by this hulking monster. You know, long distance <laughs> road trips. Yeah, and so that kind of correlates with. You know, he his mindset was, you know, he moved to Alaska at that point in his life, in his early 60s. Sure. And, and that influences all of expedition. these discussions. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Where are you living? What's your life look like? It never had a truck. All of this. Yeah. Ever. It was all cars. I mean, he had a Jetta when he was, you know, in his <laughs> 40s, I think. And then he went to this giant truck and SUV. And so I see the, I don't know, the big AMG trucks and, you know, the, okay. that kind of stuff right, out sure. there in your 60s and 70s. Interesting. I, I, I need to look at it that way. I, I guess that's where, where I put okay. the, All right. the bigger SUVs the, okay. with a lot of power. All right. Really expensive, like a yeah. X6. Like who? Like a Hellcat Jeep Cherokee. Yeah. Like a Hellcat. Although I actually do want one of those. Of course you want one. But, I was but, still thinking about the Christmas tree in that car, the launch control. It's a $90,000 Jeep Cherokee. I mean, it's yeah. wicked fast and unbelievably capable and a laugh, but it is a $90,000 Jeep. Well, my whole headspace actually led me to what license take, what plate would what vanity plate would i get on that car and i came up with uh p-n-t-l-e-s-s (laughs) nice nice okay so that would be at least one because people would you know look at that blasting away from the lights and yeah i'm laughing like an idiot and what a point okay at least he knows yeah you know (laughs) license plate says co2 (laughs) (laughs) something just all yeah yeah, yeah. In in the in the fifties, I said that's that's when you're kind of doing the little bit of flashy car money. 
Again, I'm just staying enthusiast cars. So okay. it's time for an Aston Martin Vantage Ooh. or an Audi R8. Ah, I like that. Anything out of the McLaren catalog. And I'm also saying... <laughs> you McLaren know, portfolio. Exactly. I'm also saying all of these are, you know, even if you aren't owning, you're just you're, you're finding the opportunity to drive one. I don't know how that happens. Maybe you do one of those mm. exotic car rental things. I don't know. But these are those cars. In this same area, you know, if you've got a family and you want a, a hot family car, uh, this is where the Panamera goes. I like loaded that. out Porsche Panamera. I like that. But if you're shopping for that, you need to cross shop with the Model S. Test the Model S. Although the interior is just kicked in the teeth by the Panamera. It absolutely is. Just it absolutely right is. But, squarely in the but teeth. But we're in that world. We're in a world where we're driving nice executive cars, and that counts. Okay, so there's one lingering question that relates to any age, and okay. that is where do you put this particular car? Uh oh. A Corvette. Well, see that. I'm, you Where know, I'm relate, does relate that it, go? I'm going to relate it to the '60s, the people in their '60s. Because here's my point about people in the '60s. Literally, all I wrote for that is, whatever you want, but fast. That's how what you drive. You drive whatever it is, whatever you want to have in your '60s. You want to drive a Fiesta ST in your '60s? Bless you. Drive it quickly. You want <laughs> exactly. to drive a Corvette in your '60s? Fantastic. You belong going quickly. Yeah, because I the, agree. because the problem is that. In that age group, I know I'm painting with a broad brush. I'm probably going to get angry letters. But in that age group is the slow down age group. Yeah. Slow down in general age group. Pretty much. So as a result, there, there, of course, there are massive exceptions, and I intend to be one. But this is, this is the age yeah. group where you see a lot of that seat far too far forward, terrified eyes, hands really high on the wheel driving. No kidding. And they're driving very slowly. And I'm talking minivans to Corvettes to everything. So if you're an enthusiast, you're in your 60s, drive whatever you would like and go hoon it because I will applaud you and so will many others. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm also about the uh, you've been driving for so many years at this point, kind of rethink your swing, whether that's your batting swing mm-hmm. or your golf swing or like, you know how Tiger Woods you hear about he he broke down his swing and rebuilt it with the help of his instructor. And he, now he's doing different things. And you've gone to golf. I wow. have. But okay. you know what I mean? You're, I do know what me. you mean. Still, or, yes. or baseball players. Yeah. They, they uh-huh. completely broke down everything they were doing wrong. You've been driving for so long at this mm. point in your life. There's so many things you do that are just you, probably not too smart, but you get away with it and you're so good at it and you don't even think about it. You're talking about challenge yourself, mix it up from a driving perspective. I see that. Yeah. I come back to yeah. Paul Newman who discovered sure, sure. racing at 48. Yeah. And in his 60s, he was hot. Well, he won his class at Le Mans on his 70th birthday. Yeah. Hello. I mean, I realize this is not something we're all going to be able to accomplish, but that's, that really does reset the bar for Just all of us. saying, mix it up. If you're an enthusiast, if you're into sports cars yeah. and enthusiast yeah, yeah. cars, come on, go take the courses. Go get better. Because completely, completely. keep learning, well, keep and, learning. And here's one of the fascinating things about driving. You and I have talked about it before. Most sports you can think of, once you're out of your 30s, you are no longer able, just body-wise, to be competitive at the upper levels. In driving, physical sports. Driving is an exception. Yeah. Driving is one of those things where you can go to your local track day, yeah. and the fastest person there may be a guy in his 70s that took five minutes to get into his car. I've seen that happen. Where it's just everybody, he's getting, why is he getting in his car now? Because by the time the rest of us are done in 10 minutes, he will have just finished buckling in. It takes him that long to buckle in. But as soon as he's in, he's taken all of us to task. He's showing us all how it's done. And that's awesome. But driving allows that. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing is that I think as, I mean, my, my father's always been a terrified driver. Now as a man in his seventies, 
I, 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 the Lotus at freeway, like normal speeds, terrifies my father. <laughs> in that kind of, you know, are we going to go back in time? Is this the end of the world kind of way? Okay, you know, that's hilarious. And while he, while he, I'm put so this, much information I'm, as a passenger. I'm going to put this in air quotes. While he trusts me as a driver, I'm just going at levels heretofore never imagined in his brain. But if you if you have a tolerance for driving. Yeah. You could still be driving at unbelievably fast levels into your 70s and on. Absolutely. Which is really cool and, and unique about driving. It is, and there's very few sports. I mean, I, I sat next to a guy who told me he was 72 years old on the lift a couple of winters ago, and we were just chatting, getting to know each other. You know how you do with your, your lift buddy, whoever that is. You just yeah, yeah, yeah. exchange pleasantries, whatever. And he had some huge, long, like, Super G skis. Oh, wow. And he got off the lift, and he promptly skied away from me at high speed. And I went, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty fast and pretty good. What? He was gone. <laughs> like, gigantic S's down the hill, and he was gone. Wow. wow. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. I thought, okay, kudos, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're 72, and you're probably skiing your age yeah. down the hill. <laughs> yeah, that's, that Dang. was your speed. Well done, sir. Yeah, I like that. That was a discussion. That, that was. That could go on for... Again, this is a discussion at, at a bar that goes on until a ridiculous <laughs> hour, and they close the doors behind you. And, and, and we're still talking. No, you know what car? Well, yeah, it's ongoing, sure. so more, more on that. But for right now, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back. You can find a lot of weird and surprising things in cars. I mean, some people have, I don't know, petrified french fries or melted crayons. But one thing that shouldn't surprise you are continental belts. I'll bet you didn't know. They're original equipment in tens of millions of FCA, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also original equipment on the majority of BMWs and Volkswagens. Now Continental is launching an aftermarket line of the Multi V-Belt. It's their original equipment technology series. And Continental has an OE technology series multi-V-belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks already. A belt shouldn't be one of them. So go with the Continental OE technology series multi-V-belt. It's the belt with original equipment pedigree. You can get the full story by visiting oetechnologyseries.com. Guys, if you've ever wanted to help this podcast, we have a way you can do it that costs you nothing comes up about once a year. This is the Podcast One survey. This is actually a very important thing for us. You guys were vital last year in doing this survey for us. It only takes about five minutes. You go to podcastone.com slash my survey, or just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. So what this does is it's a demographic survey, which is short. It's completely anonymous, but it helps align the appropriate advertisers to you, to our audience. As we found when we first started out, there were some random ads out there, and you called us out on it. So this actually helps direct the audience advertising. So if you'd like to have ads that relate to you, if you'd like to help this show stay free and run fewer ads that actually relate, that's what this survey is for. Even if you did it last year, first off, thank you. It was very helpful. We need at least 100 of you to do this survey again this year. Again, you can find it at podcastone.com. Five minutes. Please take the survey for us. It will help this show immensely. All right, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you. But please, stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company's been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company, you guessed it, is GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Let's talk about Brush Hero real quick. It is a must-have, I think it is, for your car care arsenal. 
Brush Hero is water powered. It's a detailing tool. It doesn't move quickly. It actually, it's this very simple little thing. You look at it and you think, how does this work? It's this very simple thing. It just has lots of torque. You can get two great brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces and a harder one for stubborn, stubborn muck. I used it on a mountain bike and it was brilliant. While originally designed for fast and easy expert level car and motorcycle detailing, the Brush Hero can clean virtually anything. You name it. Rain gutters, barbecues, lawnmowers, boats, and more. It's really easy to use. Just hook it up to any standard garden hose, flip the handy on-off switch, and start cleaning. It's a great gift idea, too. They've got an extensive line of gift sets and accessories. Everyday Driver listeners can enjoy 10% off their order at BrushHero.com with the code DRIVER. That's right. Use the code DRIVER for this show to get 10% off. You can also find Brush Hero at select Costco and Walmart stores if you don't want the discount. All orders over $40 ship for free. And again, if you use the code DRIVER, you get 10% off. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. We're back with the car debate for this episode from Andrew, who is colorcartel.com. That's his website. He is a graffiti artist and illustrator alongside his wife, who's written to us asking what exotic should a graffiti artist buy? And let's put this in perspective. Andrew is 29, lives in Austin, Texas. Yep. But he and his wife get hired by like high-end hotels and businesses with serious money to do an installation for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Whatever you think of when you hear graffiti artist, it's it's a way above that, probably. Okay? This is this is very high end art done in that style. Okay. Right, right. So you can obviously go to their website, look it up. So so they have, you know, in some cases, you know, six figure budgets for the huge art installation they have to do. This is not uh, hey, would you spray this real quick? Okay. <laughs> this is I want to get us out of that perspective. <laughs> right. So no, what he's excellent. wanting for he and his wife is a car that backs that up. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he has the capability to go into some cases very straight-laced businesses, but he's the artist and his wife showing up. Right, You know, here right. come our two artists, and they can show up in a really cool car because why wouldn't they? Yeah, So no he kidding. wants something. That they want a fun, worthwhile, exotic sports car, and they have the money and the lifestyle that can back that up, which is really cool, which gets us into all kinds of fun. This is very interesting. So he says he'd like a bold car that lends credibility to himself his brand, his art, and something that opens up new opportunities just by discussion. Mm-hmm. Hey, cool car. You've yeah. experienced that all kinds in your Lotus. Yes. yes. You could take the discussion, you know, back away slowly at the gas pump. Yes, it has a V10. Yes, it's yes. 210 mile an hour car. Yes. Bye-bye. Yes, you just saw me climb out of it. I do fit in that car. That's the number <laughs> one question. Yeah. But something that introduces him to new people, and I, th- I would think, Andrew, that means people coming up to you to just, I'm intrigued with your car. Tell me sure, about this. And, sure, sure, yeah. You know, it looks differently because it will almost surely be wrapped, he said, mm-hmm. and it's got to have a loud or extreme style, even if he get a, gets a less, you know, sort of extremely styled car like an Aston Martin, 
it'll still end up as a loud, flashy car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he likes back roads. So this is not this is not just a posing car either. This is a car that's going to look great in any of these businesses he goes to. Mm-hmm. But he likes to drive around the twisty roads of Austin, and there are some really cool ones. So are he there? wants something that handles. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, that's cool. It, it, you wouldn't think it because you just think, well, it's a, it's a city in that's, Texas. But they've got the hill that. country, and that area in Austin's got some really good stuff. So he likes the twisty roads in Austin. There's a lot of really cool cars and coffees as well. He lives 15 minutes from Coda. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, who knows? No he doesn't really intend to track it a lot, but he but he's one of those things where he's like, if I had a car that was worth it, I might take it now and then. Mm. So we've got a lot of like this is a car that needs to be exotic and have that look, mm-hmm. but it's also going to be driven, which is really cool. Yeah, he's uh, as you said, twisty roads kind of guy, but he wants his car to inspire budding artists. When mm. parents introduce him to their kids, they say, "See." You know, when you're best at the thing that you love, you can make money doing it. Yeah. And he yeah, essentially yeah. wants a card that says, hey, everybody, look, art pays. Not a starving artist over exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's cool. It's a cool idea. Which I love. Before we jump into this, Andrew, I will say, I looked at your website. I love your stuff on there. And I actually do have a connection. So there is a graffiti connection to the show. And that is a project that I did for a design studio. Yee, 50. 15, maybe Look out, those numbers ago? are going to go higher. Yeah. Yikes. All right, so a while back, we'll say, but the owners of this design studio added on to the space. They were, oh, sure. they were doing yeah. an exercise equipment design project. They needed the space next door, and mm-hmm. there was this giant wall, and they thought, let's get edgy and hip and cool and paint a big mural on there and hire an artist. Mm-hmm. And they hired a guy named Man One. Okay. Just, just like it sounds. He's in L.A. And they asked me to design the mural for the wall i have to dig out those photos but i do have the the print so i've somehow never heard this i'll have to show this to you but i actually designed because you know i worked for the company and i was a designer and you know kind of take into consideration what we do here at the company but also kind of make it edgy and cool and different and it'll be this huge i mean it was 20 by 40 feet that's cool that's very cool and so he took my art and essentially drew it with spray cans on the wall in fun. huge scale. Wow, that's cool. So I knew him from way back, and it was a fun, different project. That's very cool. I had no idea. And uh, so, Andrew, it's made me think of the BMW art cars. Oh, and sure. Kind of getting yeah, back yeah. to that, and I actually do have an idea for you after I tell you what car I think you should buy. But Andrew here is looking for the NSX Lotus Pantera, something around thirty-five, dollars to $45,000. Yeah. He loves the NSX. Because it's a car he could afford to buy pretty much right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he, now he's asking us, should I hold off, get something flashier, better, more extreme, wait, spend more money in later? In a year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're dealing with, let's be honest, 45 and below. But maybe in a couple of years, we're dealing with as much as 70. So this is part of the question Which as well. pretty much what I took. And I actually pushed on that, Andrew. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, and, but he me. also then mentions that his wife who, by the way, introduced him to motorcycles, which I love that story. You don't hear that story often. His wife, who introduced him to fast motorcycles, has always wanted an R8. Very cool. So he's realizing that the R8 is a little above their budget right now, but that's a car that he would love to have and his wife would really like to have. So he's going, so hmm, so what do I do do here? Currently has a uh, Mark V GTI that he has tuned into oblivion. He loves it. Mm -hmm. It's not going anywhere. He'll drive it till it falls over and dies. So that sticks around. He also has a very cheap uh, used motorcycle. And his point has always been, I don't need speed in a car because I can buy a cheap motorcycle and go as fast as the That's fast true. cars out there. So if he just wants speed, he'll get on his bike, which I think is an interesting perspective. I actually like that, Andrew. So we're shopping uh, fun cars. I have uh, I have three. Do you? I have three and a wild card. 
I am going for the choice. Oh, good for I'm you. I'm calling it. I am Andrew. This is the car I think you should get. And I pretty much laid waste to your budget. Not a surprise to any of us. So the good news is, even though you'll have to wait, they'll be even less expensive by the time that you know, you're know you ready to buy, mm-hmm. say next year or whatever. But for right now, I pushed on your fifty to seventy thousand dollar budget, and I just thought, what could you get for ninety? I'm just curious. <laughs> I have twenty grand. What can I buy for forty? It's yeah. just it's no money, right? It's no money. Yes, as the the auctioneer Gooding always says, it's no money. What's another hundred thousand? Oh so here's the car, and that is a 2016 Mercedes AMG GTS Coupe. Oh, it's a cool car for eighty five nine. I didn't know you get it. I didn't know you could touch them for that. I didn't either. I thought they were well over a hundred grand. I did too. But think about this, Andrew. In six months, they're going to be eighty. That's a really cool. I had no idea they were down there. I agree. I mean, down there is still eighty-five grand. <laughs> it's still, but still eighty-five. I no idea. I had no idea they were there. Isn't that astounding? Huh. And and with low miles, because yeah, yeah. the people who buy these cars, they've got a zillion cars. People who drive just, those cars are not commuting in them. Yes, you're they're right. They're just sitting in garages. Hmm. I am so intrigued with this car. I love the style. I love the design. I want you to do something with the long hood on that car. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. lends itself, like I told you, the BMW art cars, which led me to this trilogy of the McLaren Mercedes SLR, okay. the Mercedes SLS, and now the GTS. Yeah. Do something like a, a Mercedes does an art car trilogy. Find those cars. Oh, interesting. You've got a GTS, and you do something as this trilogy because they're, mm. they've all got this canvas by virtue of the long hood. That's interesting. I see that. It's like I this blank, you know, wrap the car and start mm-hmm. in. And I think your style lends itself to the various styling of these, That's you know, cool. this line of cars. That is cool. And then who knew they were that cheap, quote unquote cheap. Yeah. But yeah. you know what I mean? But wow, this car turns my head. I saw a white one in Park they're City so cool. and I my jaw hit the ground. We've driven one. They're, I, they're great to drive. They're genuinely great I to drive. I still was just, I was in love with this car, just yeah. cruising through the intersection. I went, that is wow. quite a find. Well done. Such well done. presence to that yeah. car. So that's my choice for you. Take that as you will. Yes, I really. You decimated. You doubled the budget. You <laughs> doubled the budget. Annihilated? You took the budget and you went, let's do twice that. What could you get for twice that? But I'm just I, saying. I, I see the logic. Envision. The, 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 the crazy, financially unsound I logic. I do see it. Yes. I know. Uh, okay. I want to start talking about the R8 real quick. Okay. You'd like an R8. Your, your wife would like an R8. I, I can do nothing but back your play on the R8. However, my question for you is, how soon do you really need a car? Because if that's a couple years away, all right, I'm going to leave it out there okay. and shop. I shopped everything below 50. Okay. And I specifically was like shopping at like 48 or below just to try to a little bit above your budget, but you can talk things down. From there, I like the idea of what this car needs to represent. I thought about that, hmm. which ne- means it needs to kind of be cars that you don't expect. You don't see them everywhere. Okay. And then I kept thinking about the fact that you're going to wrap it into something else even cooler. Right, right. You mentioned in passing an Aston Go get an Aston Martin Vantage. Gorge. I mean, love it. The, 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 only, the only thing about an Aston for me, and I, and I love the Vantage. We've talked about it a few times. The only thing about an Aston Vantage for me, I think it is one of the best car shapes ever, and you so rarely see them in a color. 
Now, I've been taken to task on YouTube for calling out wanting to see a yellow or a red Aston Vantage, and I don't care. In in silver, I want it to be a, a color. I always do. They did have them in yellow. They though, do. As they a had factory them in, they color. had them in yellow. The the, the Vantage uh, V12S came in yellow with all those crazy black hood scoops, a, and it was brilliant. Carrera red, and they also had an, uh, that uh, Garnet cranberry but, but plum. But that card deserves a color. But here's my thinking, though. Most of the ones you'll find will be black or silver or that charcoal or whatever. True. But you're going to wrap it. Yeah, exactly. You can take that fantastic shape and do something awesome with it. So Aston Martin Vantage is on my list. The Evora, because that's one of those cars that most people don't know what it is. Mm. You could make it any yeah. color. You could wrap it anything. You can get yeah. into an Evora. Now, this is going to be the early Evoras. It's probably not going to be an S, but you could get into one. And the, the number one conversation I have with about my car is people ask, what is that? <laughs> because Lotuses are just not – I mean, people know what a Porsche is. People know what a Mercedes is. They even know what an Aston and a Jaguar are most of the time. People just don't see Lotuses enough to even know what they are. Sure. They've heard the name. As soon as you say Lotus, they go, oh, okay, it's a Lotus. But they didn't think that initially. <laughs> What's a Lotus? Seriously, that doesn't happen. But, but, it's but, always – that's uh, insert the extent of my car knowledge here. Totally. Well, and if it's a car I don't know what it is, it's always a Ferrari. That's what <laughs> it's always, always happens. A, exactly. But so, so that's why the Avora is in here. A car you may not expect me to mention, but I think it works. Okay. Get yourself a Mustang GT350. And okay. wrap it crazy. No stripes. Make a make a GT350 that looks like no other one. Because the thing I love about that is, huh. on one level, it's a Mustang. Okay, but it's an angry-looking Mustang. And the sound, the voice of that car is its own announcement. Interesting. And now you take that and you, and you make it a custom-looking Mustang uh, GT350. Custom-looking Shelby. Because what are they all? They're all, they're all the stripes. They all have the stripes. Yeah. And if you see them... I feel like when you see them solid color, it's only ever black. So let's sure. how, about, how about a color or a crazy combination or some really cool wrap on that car? And with that voice, that's a car with real presence. I like that. So that's why I had that. And then I have a wild card because okay. it's not a full-on sports car. Okay. But it's a car that every time I see it, I feel like it's, it's a chameleon car. So if you're going to wrap it, you could kind of do anything. And it would it would do the classy thing that you want to do. It would be fun to drive. It's not, a, it's not a full sports car, so I must admit that. That's why it's a wild card. But it would be fun to drive. It does the classy thing. But if you wrap it, you can kind of – I feel like this car changes personality with wheels, stance, color, changes like crazy. And that's the Audi S7. You can get them for this money. Really? You can get them now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think right of the now. RS7, but those are still ninety grand. Can't touch those. But the S7 – is is a cool car to drive, great interior. You said you like your GTI, so I'm I'm still in a world that kind of connects to you. That's a car you pull up to a business in it. With, a, with that car can look totally stealth or can look totally crazy. It's How'd you wrap fairly it? Fairly rare too. You don't see S. You don't see a lot of S7s. So I mean, the RS7 would be the play. <laughs> the RS7s are our, a dime a dozen around here. If, if you if you could get an RS7, of course that'd be the play. But I just thought I, I feel like the S the, the S7 or the seven shape right now yeah. is the biggest chameleon shape in Audi's lineup because I feel like every time I see one, it feels a little bit different to me based on what did they do for wheels and color and whatever. So I feel like that may be a canvas car. Hmm. That's why it's my wild car because it's not a full sports car. It's the others I like better, but I figured I wanted to put that in there. So Andrew, hopefully something in here helps. I'm excited for you for, to essentially buy an art car. That's just fun. No kidding. It's really cool. And but it's he's so going to do it. He's going to. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. it. Yeah, yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, guys, if you've got your own debate, please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or the website. You can contact us directly on there at everydaydriver.com. And like I said, let us know what's on your mind. Give us some feedback, but most definitely write your car debate with uh, with some cool life story information, uh, kind of like uh, yeah. we just talked about. So we've got social media questions many, many, we've many. got to jump yep. to. Mm-hmm. And there's a quick and easy one. Alex M. is asking us, why hasn't Dodge made a Challenger convertible yet? Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm, it's in its history. Okay. Yeah. I, I get that. And there's companies that will do a conversion for you. Yeah. They've think about car companies and they've got to make a business case for yeah. their car, even yeah. though BMW seems to justify, you know, Hey, we sold 86 units of the niche Whoa. thing. We just we came expected up with. to sell 80. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, look, I think they're wanting more, more of a business case. And it's a pretty niche car. I wouldn't say it. Wouldn't say it's a rental car, but you know, pretty well, niche vehicle yeah. to start with. And I, I just think, you know, they they would lose more money on on doing that than than actually justifying the existence I, of the car. That's interesting. I, I actually wonder, and I'm thinking out loud here. I wonder if the convertible version of that car is only really a car somebody rents. Because I, I feel so, like, yeah. and, and, and I'm not look. This is not a hard and fast rule, but I feel like. In a public perception way, the minute a car comes in convertible form, it softens the car. Imagine a Challenger Hellcat convertible. Yeah, and Dodge's whole lineup <laughs> is, you know, arg, we're aggressive, we're angry. <laughs> and so the hard top kind of plays to that. Dodge the convertible pirates run the show. Exactly. There. That's all they, what? Perfect. <laughs> we are going to the drag strip. <laughs> right. I'm so. sorry. Pirate jokes are never oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but that's what I'm warning. I wonder if it softens the... The attitude of that car a little bit, and that's why they haven't done it. I'm sure there's a ton of accounting reasons, but that's mm-hmm. the other thought I'm having. Mm, interesting. All right. Uh, uh, there's, uh, there's biking questions. Oh, yeah. Because you posted a picture of the Mini doing full pickup duty with your enormous bike and my new enormous bike on yes. the back, yes. which are – it's frightening. It was, very, it was actually a frightening driving experience because the uh, front wheels are dangling about three inches off the pavement. <laughs> so I had to be careful of things like speed bumps and dips because oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I actually did get a new mountain bike. I went shopping. I've been shopping for the last couple of months, and uh, I came to a horrifying reality. I was glad you put, posted that picture of the Mini. Because cool picture. I bought the Mini yeah. for $4,900. <laughs> Most of the bikes I wanted were that or more. And I kept having the problem standing in a bike store or looking at them online and thinking, I bought a car for less than this bike. And I kept just really yeah. struggling against that reality. Put to the side for a second, my budget couldn't handle it. It was the sheer reality of the fact that I'm staring at something that is a bicycle, and I just bought a car for less. So at some point, yeah. I had to wrench my brain into quasi-reality. It still horrifies me to think this way, but I, I cut my budget to half that. I was like, I, I $2,500, and just setting a cap. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to spend that much on a bike, but I was That's like, a ton. I, I, I $5,000 bikes without blinking. I keep finding $5,000. Oh, that's a gorgeous one, $4,800. That's a gorgeous one, $5,200. And that's like mid-level mountain biking around oh, here. Oh, yeah. I'm that's not, not going, even entry level. I'm not going full carbon. I'm not doing uh, madness. I'm just uh, buying a good – because here's the thing. You and I, we did 20 miles yesterday. Okay. I'm feeling it today. Yeah, and, and we met. We met randomly. We stopped at the trail at one point, and a guy rode up and said, "Asked us directions," and we gave him directions. And he looked at you. He looked at me, and he went, "You guys on YouTube?" And suddenly we realized we're meeting a fan, a guy that has watched the show for a long time. Yes, and so he ended up you, riding Tony. with us for a while, which is very cool. But I mean, we're riding trails that are lengthy and covered in rocks, and you need something with some suspension and setup. And I needed a larger bike. I needed an XL. 
Long story short, I bought from a brand called Kona. They have a, a line called the the Process line. Okay, yeah, pretty cool. And uh, their new ones are say it with me forty five hundred dollars and up. Uh, but they have a kind of last year's tech version they're selling right now for a little over two grand. It's called the Process one fifty three SE. Why do I know that? Because I just this last week bought it. So it is an enormous bike compared to my old one with much better suspension. I am so much happier. And, and you are uh, fast, too. I, on the on the trail, when you were leading at, at various points, I'd come around a corner, just a little puff of dust, and you were gone. I <laughs> kept wondering why I you know, grit in my teeth. Like, oh, right, I'm, I'm following Todd right now. Right? So I, I've had it all of a week. I'm very excited about it. And uh, it, it is, I mean, look, it's... In my, this is one place I'm already a geriatric man because in my mind, in <laughs> okay. my mind, all of the great bikes in the world must cost about a thousand dollars. Okay, you can't even touch. No, that. you can't even. Uh, that's you not even. even you can't. You haven't even bike. come to play with a full suspension bike like we did around here. So no kidding. So as much as two thousand dollars really hurts for buying a bike, uh, I have this Kona that I'm very excited about, and uh, so I did that, and I wanted to, to parlay that into uh, Joe's question. Joe had a question on Facebook. He said, we're talking about bike racks. Oh, yeah, right. And you may see in that mini photo, I have uh, something called a Saris that is a collapsible bike rack. I used to put it on the FRS. I now put it on the mini. It's great. It's mm-hmm. awesome as a little collapsible bike rack. It works really, really well. But to your point, Joe, look, you can get the roof racks, and those are nice and all. I really fully believe, because we have it for the Cayenne, you have it for your Jeep. Mm-hmm, the play yeah. is, whatever your car is, Get a trailer hitch. You can get because you don't have to have a heavy duty one. You can get the minimal one. You can have a, you know, I've, I've literally seen them for minis. I've seen them for um, the uh, Fiat Five Hundred. You get yourself right. the 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 low capacity trailer hitch, and you can plug that trailer hitch bike rack into the back, and that's just the business. I know you can do it a bunch of other ways, and those ways work. But having that fold down platform and the bikes on a trailer hitch rack, once you do it, you're just like, I should have always done this. No kidding. It just. I love doing that. I was always thinking, you know, roof rack, and then you have to lift your bike all the way up. Yeah, which works too. Look, I know this has been around forever, and it works too, but those trailer, I didn't really know much about them until I moved to Park City, and I feel like all summer almost every car on the planet has one on the back. We rolled uh, past one of our rides this past week, and we rolled through a parking lot, and here was a guy in his 20s, back to where we started, in his 20s with a bright red Fiesta ST, and he had a hitch and a bike on the back, and I was like, that's there you go right there super cool so i joe i big believer in the trailer hitch bike rack i am all for that if you can do it onwards to movies question from ronald h he said thinking in terms of a movie like the godfather the dark knight and the matrix don't forget the mad max trilogy which is technically a trilogy (laughs) what manufacturers made the best car or truck trilogy now his vote Mm. goes to the second to third generation mazda rx7 and rx8 which I can see, does it have to be in the exact same sort of model of car getting updated? Because I, I keep coming back to 90s Honda. And, I see your you point. know, with her NSX, the Honda S2000, and I would add the 2018 Type R to that, honestly. Long trilogy, okay. but the Mad Max trilogy was years later before yes, the was. next Mad Max came yes, out. So yeah, I think I'm there were decades in there. Yeah. You know, here, here's my thinking. I'm going to break this down further. Typically when you have a trilogy, what happens? Well, the first one is the least complicated. Okay. And many people argue the best and only gets fatter and worse from there. Now, in some cases, in some cases, the, the ones to follow are still great, but even if they're still great, yeah. they're always more complex 
They're always because I've already established exactly. character personas. They're, they're in always the more complex. They're right. always you know there's they're, they're just more. They're always more. You right. know what I mean? So I'm going to go in that category. I'm going to say that here's a trilogy of cars that I think plays to movie trilogies, plays to good movie trilogies, but plays to that point, and they are all three excellent. And that's the Cayman. Mm. First, second, third gen, going up to the current 718. Thank you. There's a movie trilogy in Cars. That's an excellent one. That just seems like low-hanging fruit. Why didn't I think of that? It starts simple, and it gets more. It's just more and more and more. more, and they're bigger, and they're faster. Yes. It's more. They're sequels. They're more. That is funny. My Cars a trilogy. I don't know how I feel about that. You're, 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 the, you're the difficult second movie. But to look at it the other way, I'll go fully geeky on you. You're a sophisticated sophomore your, album, your, right? Your Empire Strikes Back, which is the one that all the critics love. So there you go. What, is, what I've are you lost talking you. about? Think about watches, Paul. I'm I've good. lost you, but but you're the Empire Strikes Back of Caymans. Are well you talking done. about space movies? I am, yes. Battlestar, Wars, yes. Trek. Galactica Trek. Yes, exactly right. Thank you. That's got to be a shirt. Yes. All right. I, I'm like you with sports. I'll, I'll pretend even though I really do. You know a little know. more than that, yeah. I'm a fan of the Fet. Come on. A fan of the Fet. Name that movie reference. All right, moving on. Uh, Speaking of Caymans, Brian W., would I get a base Cayman or 996 for winter duties? I'm going 996 because of the weight in the back for winter. Mm. Plus, around here, it's going to get really salty and dirty, and I would just kind of think 996 would be a little bit better suited for that. I mean, I would pick Cayman personally, but you could do 996 and get get an all-wheel drive. That's kind of what I was thinking. Never worry about it. You know, just because it's yeah. going to get beat yeah. on and I see that, you know, I see that, that kind yeah. of thing. Speaking of colors, Paul C is asking about uh, colors. It's been a theme through the whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Mazda has sole red metallic as a signature mm-hmm. color. Triumph used to have British racing green. Why don't more manufacturers have signature paint colors? Well, hmm. you could say Mercedes has the market on silver. You could say with their silver arrow yeah. lineage yeah. and history, but it's because more manufacturers are really recognizing color trends. I mean, think of the 90s. Every Taurus and Honda Accord was that green, that like yeah. Kelly Forest yeah. green. Yeah, that, you're right. Yeah. So they follow color trends, even though Porsche could be the Carrera red, right? Uh, sure. What would Lotus? I mean, McLaren's orange for sure. I feel like McLaren has... Yeah, they, they've done very well with orange. Uh, the, the orange yeah, thing. Porsche has guards red. Guards that's red, been, That's yeah. been around forever. That's a Carrera red. Guards red, thank uh, you. That's been around forever. Uh, Lotus has a very specific British racing green they use, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Uh, I never... It, it's funny, because that's always one of my least favorite colors on their cars, but they always have, they've always they always had it. Jaguar's had, I feel like, an even deeper... I feel like British racing green varies based on the manufacturer, because I feel like Lotuses yeah. and Jaguars don't match, but they, they both have one. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's hard to stake your claim on color. I mean, do you imagine Hyundai, Kia, Volkswagen? What are their signature colors? Not really anything. There were colors you think of that worked on that car in time. The mm-hmm. the Volkswagen bus from the 60s, you know, whatever color comes to your mind. Or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, a white Honda S2000 or a... Sure, sure, sure. You know sure. what I mean? There's, there's cars, but it's not necessarily a signature color, even though car companies have their signature brands. Yamaha was always blue. Honda's red. You know. Well, you know, it's interesting to think about the fact, think about Honda for a second. Honda kind of has white cars are our thing. But look at it the other way, which is it's white. Anybody on the planet can paint a car white, but yet Honda had so many iconic cars. It was like, oh, there's that Honda well, in white. Well, with their Type R thing, their yeah. Type R designation, they chose yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yet, I mean, uh, the only color every manufacturer can do is their color. I mean, it's really hard to, to put a stake in the ground on that. So many good questions. Uh Let's see. This is uh, Jibtances15. I got that very wrong. Are diesel cars more fun to drive compared to regular gas cars for an enthusiast because of the initial torque punch? 
I'm going to say no because the problem is you'll be shocked at how quickly you have to shift. <laughs> you just got start uh, shifting. Just got start shifting. Funny. So that's the reason that they become disappointing. When you get a car, uh, let's go to the extreme end of the Spectrum S2000 or one of the, the rotaries from Mazda, something where you can really run it up through the gears, that is actually really satisfying. And while there is that initial punch from a diesel motor, they have a very narrow power band. Mm. And uh, and so gas cars are typically going to be more fun than that. Great question from Trevor Reich. It's one car from any year, any manufacturer you could choose to have bring back and sell new from the factory. Oh. What would you choose? Now, Trevor, cool. the one I'm going to mention I know has actually been done, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your thinking one step further, and that is they're bringing it back and they're going to mass produce it, which means people can get them. I know manufacturers done, and this car that I'm thinking of is in this category. They're going to make ten, and they're going to be oh. twenty million each. Oh, I'm talking yeah. about you're going to bring this car back, and you're just going to sell them. If people keep buying, you're going to keep making them. And that is the uh, the D-type Jaguar. Oh, oh, the Steve McQueen D-type Jaguar thing. What is it? The X XSS or whatever. It's the it's all XKSS. the same. XSS. It's all the same car. You know, it's yeah. the, it's the one that Steve McQueen had that was originally a, a racer. Those that. hurt me. They're so beautiful. And they did a reproduction. Top Gear drove it for one, but I mean they're in the millions, and it's like, oh, I have one of ten. I mean, it's, bring it back, make a ton of them. Wow. Hmm. Excellent. I like that. Gary, the cycling nerd, asks on Instagram if we think more driving enthusiasts would look towards electric vehicles. If manufacturers put in some sort of sound, you know, whatever that is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We've discussed this. And he said Drives like an initial. Going, ah! I don't know. <laughs> right. Inertia starter or on a plane, but just for sound. I think the sounds are going to be for safety because. Yeah, I think it's true. That's the only reason to have it. Just artificial sound. I mean, the car companies that have done the sound tube to pipe engine noise or replicate it through speakers have gotten enough blowback from yeah. enthusiasts yeah. just by you know trying to pipe more of their car sound into the engine and it's not even or into the cabin it's not sure. even an electric car sure sure yeah now think about well you drive an electric car why not just be honest about the car that you drive why do you have to make yeah. it sound like a you know you could go nuts Today, it's going to be the Mustang 350 sound. Tomorrow, it's going to be a Corvette. Well, Thursday, it's going to be a 911. I forget what it was, but there was a there was a, a European hatchback that actually had a setting where you could decide, because they were piping through the speakers, what do you want your car to sound like? And you could pick things that were like V12s and crazy things. It's, it's happened, but, but I agree with you. Let's be honest about it. And the other thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that you know, when we drove, episode one is the, the uh, Model 3 and the Bolt. When you get electric cars up to freeway speeds, they sound pretty similar to most cars because now you've added so much wind noise and tire noise that you realize they sound mostly like normal cars. So that's an interesting factor that we haven't figured out. And Mm. then the other thing you and I have touched on before is my son's generation, the kids that are eight now, okay, five to ten right now. Are they going to be attracted to car noises? And I'm I'm genuinely asking. Okay. Now, my son probably will be because he's growing up with a, with a crazy idiot car father. Okay. But, right. but the average kids are kids his age when they're all graduating high school and they're thinking about whether or not they're even going to drive or if they're calling a pod on their phone. Whatever they're doing, if a GT350 <laughs> drives down the block, my son's going to be like, that sounds cool. Will the, the 10 kids standing next to him be like, that sounds terrible? I don't know. I think it's possible. You'd think good sounding cars would be 
universally appealing. You would think, but I but I wonder if there's an. I, I, and I'm purely asking, speculating. Will there be enough of a seismic shift in culture to the way we address transportation that that just sounds old, and to people that are not car people, they they think it also sounds bad? I mean, mm. I'll give you a weird one: the Spitfire airplane from World War II. Okay. Okay. That is that is this audio. Sounds nothing. That's audio porn. Okay. Yeah, nothing sounds like nothing that. sounds like that engine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's audio porn in the yeah. same way that a V twelve Vantage is and these kind Agreed. of things. Agreed. Yeah. But at the same time, it goes by and you realize that that's not a sound we're making anymore. But yet, because engines remain making sounds, I think we still kind of go. That sounds really cool. Mm. Will we leave that if stuff starts going electric? I, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. So uh, last question for me from G Lewis thirty five Instagram. Higher fire clone. It's sort of like the track oh, Daily no. Crush. Yeah. But this is, uh, well, with executives from car manufacturers. Man, oh, man. Ferdinand Piesch, Bob Lutz, or Ferry Porsche? I'll leave it to you. Mm, I'm looking at the... Well, I'm going to say uh, I'd hire Bob Lutz because he gets okay. things done. He's yeah, a, I see that. He's a man of action. I would, uh, I would clone Ferry Porsche. <laughs> I love that clone is an option. Uh, I... Fantastic, because of the direction that he took the company sure, and the sure, innovations sure. Yeah. that he did. Even though you could argue Ferdinand Piesch gave us the Bugatti Veyron and the Phaeton. Yes. Correct me if I'm for wrong. For better and for worse, he gave us both But I also those, heard yes. he just sort of beat people into a pulp. My understanding, yes. I think I'd fire him anyway. Okay. Bravo. Leave it at that. Uh, I've got a couple that I want to run through, try to go really quickly, do these kind of like in headline style. Uh, Olin, you asked me, Track Daily Crush for Three Lotuses. You said Evora, S, Elise, and Esprit. Ooh. I love all those cars, but when you're buying a Lotus, you want the newest and best running one you can. So the Esprit <laughs> is out. It's crushed, okay? I'm tracking the Elise. I'm driving the Evora, S. That's done. That's funny um, when that comes Mark, down to decision-making. You asked, seriously, Mark, you asked about our Utah uh, meetup. That is going to happen first weekend in October. Details are forthcoming very soon. It will be a la carte. Mark that everyone is welcome. If You can be a track experience person. You can have no track experience. We're going to have various things to do. If you would like to come, please come. Don't feel like I can't drive stick and I don't know how to drive on a track. I shouldn't be there. Please come. Mm-hmm. So that'll be for everybody. I wanted you to know that. Uh, what is Chris doing? Said we mentioned swapping out head units in a Fiesta ST, and that got him thinking about cars where the head unit works things in the car. How do you oh, do an aftermarket head unit? Like backup cameras I and don't, things. I don't know all of the details of exactly what you're buying, but I know the tech exists. There's an extra module you can get, and that module goes from your aftermarket head unit, converting that information to what your car has to hear from the touchscreen. So you can do things like if you have climate control or whatever that were in the head unit, you put a new head unit in, there is tech that allows you to do that. I got that that on the Expedition. So the steering wheel controls work. Yes, but it's it's even much more involved than that. So it does exist. I remember somebody wrote us not that long ago, they did this with their GTI that had a a touchscreen and worked things in the car. They put an aftermarket one in and all that stuff maintained because they had this extra module. I know it exists. Additional brain for it, I guess. And then in in the sense of almost bookends, we're coming back to Andrew from Color Cartel. Oh, yeah. He asked a question about essentially keeping track of what the heck it is we're talking about. Oh, right. Because we run around a little bit. Uh, (laughs) First off, he's made a request, and this is a a, a fair request, Andrew. Uh, We may mention a car. I'm just going to bring up one, the M235 BMW. And then I proceed to talk for the next 10 minutes, and I never say the words M235 BMW again. And Andrew is saying, help a friend out here and and, and (laughs) use the car name again. Under advisement, Andrew, thank you for that. I appreciate it. The other one you brought up is on the YouTube videos. Or any videos. Or any any of our videos. episodes, whatever that is. Would we consider labeling what car we're in? 
Now, this question's come up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say maybe I'm being a defiant filmmaker here, but here is my thinking. And, Andrew, I'm going to put it to you as an artist. If somebody is looking at your, your art and they're not seeing what you want them to see, would you rather change your art or explain to them where to stand to see what you want them to see? Oh, interesting. So I'm going to tell Excellent. you from our perspective where to stand. Our stuff is weird on YouTube anyway, but I don't say this is a guy that watches stuff on YouTube. I feel like we've gotten to a point with YouTube now as, as a culture where we kind of watch YouTube. What I mean is it's over here playing on the laptop while I'm doing my work. I'm mostly listening to YouTube. Sure. I'm not glance completely at it. Kind of it's, it's, yeah. it's like an audio book with a visual a- accent. I glance over every now and then and go, sure. oh, that's what they're showing, which is why vlogging works so well on YouTube. Right. It's right. why, you know, single camera stuff, fast blast and stuff works so well on YouTube, okay? I get it. I understand. Our stuff is specifically edited. So if you're ever wondering what car we're in when you're watching our stuff, YouTube, TV, whatever, uh, Paul's in a car right now and he's talking and he says, this car, and you're thinking, what car? The next shot to come, the next time you see the outside of the car, that's the car we're talking about. Our stuff is designed, so you have to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm giving yeah. you information visually, which is the car that just drove by is that BMW. Oh, he's talking about a BMW. So when he says this car, I will never show you a clip of a car we're not talking about and then cut inside the car mm. yeah. to a different car. Never going to do that. Yeah. So it's cut specifically. So whatever car you're watching, we're now in a different one. Oh, look, you showed a BMW. We're talking about this car. They're in a BMW. So we don't need to label it because we are showing you the car in process. Fantastic. No, thank you all for the questions. Really appreciate it. There's still more that we have to get to. But for now, we will leave it there and say thank you so much for all your questions and inquiries. We've got a lot more to come. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran 
for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.